The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Transformational Healing, with your host, Dr. Bonnie Morrow. There are a variety of techniques for hands-on healing that can help you move closer to your vision of good health. In our program, we discuss both the business and science of dealing with different aspects of the healthy community with specialists in various energy practices. Now, here is Dr. Bonnie Morrow. Hi, welcome to Transformational Healings. Uh, this is Dr. Bonnie, and I'd like to give a shout out and a hello to the all of the Indian tribes in, in the United States and around the world. Uh, we welcome you today, and we know that you're out there listening because we get a report that you're listening. So today we have a, do I call you Indian Marshall, what do I what do oh. I call you? <laughs> Just another human being walking on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Today, today our guest is Native American. His English name is Marshall Jack, and his Indian name is Golden Eagle. So I must ask you, where did you get the name Golden Eagle? The um, the name first. First, I want to give a thanks to to everybody that's producing Voice Voice America, and uh, this opportunity to um, kind of express some of our our uh, energies. But but my name was given to me at birth. Um, actually, before birth, I was still in my mother's womb, and um, our elders um, they this is kind of like a common practice um, that they would you know watch over the 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 pregnant mother and then they would they would feel the energy of the baby and so in that energy field they would they would come up with a with a name and so when they were around my mother at that particular time there was a name that came in through the ethers if you will and it was kaiba quinaa and kaiba means the mountains of where we live in, in the in the high Sierras, and Quinaa means the eagle who watches over the mountains or who flies in the mountains. And so, broken down, that name means um, literally a, uh, like a golden eagle that flies in the mountains. Interesting, interesting. But uh, does who calls you golden eagle? Um. Well, when I was young, everyone, um, uh, the elders, they would they would address me as that name. I never really had a um, a government name <laughs> like like Marshall Jack. Uh-huh. Um, that was given later, and so in the Paiute language, um, uh, that was our sole language is, is the Paiute language, and so everybody addressed me by either Kaiba or Quinaa, um, or like a small eagle, you know. And 
so that just kind of kind of went with me in my earlier years, and so I was identified by by this this name Golden Eagle or Kaiba Quinaa, and then um, my government name is Marshall Jack. That's on my birth certificate. So we're 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 talking two different energies here. You know, a natural energy and a and a and a human energy field. You know, with a with a with birth certificate, obviously. Yeah, that sounds like the U.S. government to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's how the government identifies me. That's my government name. That's what I call it. Is my government name. That's your IRS number. Yes. Name. <laughs> uh, okay. So can can you tell us a little bit about your background, what tribe you're with, and so forth before we start? Yes. Actually, I. Uh, I have three lineages. One of them I don't uh, don't understand a lot because I don't know a lot about that lineage. But the first lineage is a Paiute uh, lineage, which stems from around Yosemite, the the Mono Lake region, the Mono Lake Basin. Um, my great grandfather was born and raised in Yosemite. This is a uh, oh, we determined somewhere around the 1850s he was born. And so he traveled both uh, the north or the east and the west side of the Sierras. And so when he came over to the to the east side of the Sierras, he he uh, uh, married into another Paiute family there, and then um, and through that marriage uh, produced my grandmother and uh, and uh, my grandmother's brother. And so from there, my my dad was produced out of my grandmother. Which was 100% uh, native blood, Paiute blood. Now, on the other side of the story, on my mother's side, she was um, she was uh, uh, dual descendants. Uh, one of the Washoe tribe, which is in and around Lake Tahoe region, in the Carson Valley that area. But her father, my grandfather, uh, he was born in Damascus, uh, Lebanon, and so. Again, so I don't know that much about my Lebanese side. Uh, I was solely trained and taught by my Paiute elders. And uh, the Washoe elders were there, but I, I didn't interact with them a lot on the Washoe side. So most of my teachings, I would say almost 90% of my teachings came from the Paiute people. Uh-huh. Okay, so do you want to tell us about you? Sure. Um when I was young, uh, growing up in that environment, there was a teaching that uh, was gifted to me by the elders, and that teaching was what we would call a Mother Earth teaching. They taught me how to uh, understand the energies of the Earth and, and uh, how do we communicate um, through a vibrational uh, healing apparatus, I guess if you want to call it something. And so they taught me vibration. They taught me energy. And so they, they interacted in how do, how do we interact a relationship with the plants uh, or trees or shrubs or whatever it may be. And they also taught how do we interact with the animals. And so along my journey as a little guy, um, they, um, they've, they just kind of gave me things to do to encourage my curiosity. And so that curiosity stemmed in some kind of a relationship with the earth 
and so the teachings were all about the earth. How do we, how do we understand the earth? How do we interact with the earth? And how can we help the earth? And so all of the teachings were earth-based. There were there were no uh, no academics like like English or you know math or anything like that. It was all earth-based to understand the animals, the air, the the fire. The rains, the clouds. Where, where, what kind of energy is that? And uh, so, all of the baseline teachings uh, that I grew up with was all Mother Earth-based teachings. And so, during my journey, um, I was taught a lot of different things about the plants and the animals and and the waters and the fire. But the fire gravitated to me, and um, I don't know why. Uh, I guess because in my astrological sequence out here, I'm an Aries. And so I naturally had a yearning to learn more about fire. And so in the old ways, in the ceremonial fires, as I was taught that for everything that has ever been created, there's an energy of fire for. And so they took me through the sequences of making ceremonial fires for, say, like, like the trees or the plants or or the animals, like the bear. There's a bear fire, there's a deer fire, there's a rabbit fire, there's all these different fires. And so that's the way I was taught when I was small, to understand the, uh, the element of fire and how to use it in, uh, in many different ways, um, but especially the healing ways. And so um, I'm just sharing this because that's my baseline of how I was taught as a, as a young man. And and your um, so did you go to school? Uh, yes, it was um, it was something that I didn't really acclimate to. Um, number one is I I was um, speaking the Paiute language, you know, one hundred percent. And so when I was told I had to go to this this school. I didn't understand what a school was or why I needed to go there. And so when I was introduced to um, to the school system, um, it was very foreign to me. And uh, there, were, there, there wasn't a lot of um, cohesion between me and that school because I, the way it was explained to me by the elders with their limited knowledge at that time, that yeah, I would get new training in the school, and so I I guess there was a little assumption on my part that they would they would teach me more about the Mother Earth, and so when I went to the school, it was kind of like, what are they saying? What what are they what are they talking about? Like English and geography and math and and all of these things. And I, in in my little brain, it was like, well, so how how is all this going to help the Mother Earth? You know, so so I became um, oh. Very mm, bored isn't the right word, but it was like because it wasn't giving me any energy to help the Mother Earth, and so it was kind of like I rejected it in a way. So the only thing that I looked forward to in school, quote unquote, was recess time because then I can go out on the Mother Earth and play with a play with the snakes or the frogs or the lizards or whatever, because that's a, that's what I was trained to do. And so I had a very very hard time going to school you know like 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 mainstream society does oh boy i understand that wow it must have been <laughs> tough for you <laughs> oh yeah and, and you didn't speak the language what did they teach in english 
English, yes. And, and that- so the, um, maybe we can talk about language a little bit here uh, and how I was taught. Because our, our native languages are all um, what I would uh, define as vibrational language. It's, um, it's a language that reflects energy. So like, like quinaa, just saying quinaa, the word for eagle, it's like we're identifying this, this winged one in the sky. And so that name reflects the energy of that particular bird. And so that bird recognizes the energy whenever we say that that vibrational word, and then it, it and then we can summons it in or call it in, and so it recognizes the sound. Okay, so um, all of our language was vibrationally based, and so when I started to learn English, this was this is very interesting because in the English language, um, they have a lot of definitions for what is. It's like, for example. They would say that whatever is on this extension of us is a hand. Well, we never called it a hand. There was a different name for what the English call a hand, or fingernails, or knuckles, or whatever. We never had those kind of words in our in our language. We never called this a body. We never called it a head or arms or legs. We had different different um, uh, sounds to uh, identify those particular islands. We never called it the sun or the stars or, or the moon or the earth. So again, we had, we had different, a different language that identified those things energetically. And so for me, it was very, very difficult to understand what the English words really meant because there was no, there was no vibration in it that I can connect with. You know what, uh-huh. you know what it means? <laughs> yeah. I do. So what is your, in your native language, what is the, what's the other word, the Native American word for hand? What would you call a hand? Um, well, there's several, several different vibrations that we would, we would sound out. So depending on, on what this thing is, <laughs> like if, if you turned it, say, just upside down, there was a word for that. It's like you're turning this this object upside down, or if you're if you're uh, waving at somebody, there's a word for that. Or if you're or if you just have your 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 arm in this example on a on a stump or whatever, there's a name for that arm laying on that stump. And so it's like the energy is laying on this other energy. Okay, so it's it's kind of it's kind of hard to explain. Um, the vibrational language, because it's all, every, like I say, everything was based on energy. And so there were, um, just like for the hand, just moving the finger, for example, there would be a sound for that, or an energy, that you're, just the twitching of your little finger is you're moving energy, some kind of energy. And so it would be identified with a, with a sound. Interesting. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh Golden Eagle, let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back. All right. Beautiful. Thank you. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health & Wellness. Dr. Bonnie Morrow's passion is to make healing available in every home around the world. You can find out more about healing touch classes available wherever you are. Dr. Bonnie is here to share her knowledge and expertise in energy medicine as both a teacher and facilitator. 
To use Healing Touch for those you love, contact Healing Touch Texas for a class schedule. You can contact Dr. Bonnie via email at HealingTouchTX at AOL.com or visit the website at transformational-healing.org. Do you know about Reiki? This method of healing can complement Western medicine as well as other alternative practices. Besides healing, it can have the additional effect of making you feel more positive about yourself and the world around you. By tuning into For the Love of Reiki with host Paula Vale, you'll find how Reiki can improve your health, bring balance into your life, and fill you with joy. For the Love of Reiki is broadcast live every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. If you have a loved one that is undergoing treatment for substance abuse or mental illness, you owe it to them and yourself to tune in to One Hour at a Time with host Mary Woods. This compassionate and educational talk show will help you help those that you love by better understanding their condition and their personal recovery process. Tune in every Monday at 12 noon Pacific Time to One Hour at a Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Recovery begins this hour. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Your life, your health, your network. This is Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Transformational Healing. To reach Dr. Bonnie Morrow or her guest today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to HealingTouchTX at AOL.com. Now, back to Transformational Healing. Hi, this is Dr. Bonnie, and welcome back. Today we are talking to Marshall Jack, and he's also known as Golden Eagle, and he's been talking to us about fire, but uh, the information that he sent to us is about water, and can you please tell us how you transitioned from fire to water? Mm-hmm. Um. Well, let me get a give a, a baseline of my of my teachings about water when I was very young, and then we'll segue into how I got into to the involvement of water. When I was um, about five years old, uh, in our in our camps, if you will, of our villages, uh, there were several elders when I was growing up. This was way back in the fifties, and so there was a lot of uh, what we would call in today's world a lot of medicine people. You know, but they were elders. Uh, most of them were in their 80s, 90s, some of them into their hundreds. And so the baseline for this discussion about water came from them. And I was sitting with my grandmother uh, in a spring springtime environment, and the snows were starting to melt. But what I noticed is that the elders, um, the grandmothers and grandfathers, they were they were gone. I didn't know where they went. So I asked my grandmother, I said, so where... Where did these? Where did the elders go? And she um, very um, softly said, "Well, they're up there talking to the mountains." And so I asked her. I says, "So, what do they? How do they talk to the mountains?" And she says, "Oh, one day you'll learn that." 
And so in my little mind, I thought, well, if the elders are up there talking to the mountains, I, I, if I get big enough or whatever, if they allow me permission, I want to go up there and talk to the mountains with them. Not really understanding how to talk to the mountains, but if they're talking to them, I want to learn. <laughs> so oh, a couple of years had passed, and uh, the elders would be up in our mountain ranges for about, oh, I'm going to say estimated time, maybe a month, month and a half at the most. So when I was seven years old, um, as I recognized the elders coming down from the mountains, you know, one by one, or you know, there might be three or four coming together, or whatever, I went and I sat with this grandfather, you know, one of the one of the grandfathers that came down from the mountains. And so as I was sitting with him, I uh, I asked him if um, if I can talk to him, and he said, "Sure." You know, he said, "What do you what do you need?" And so I asked him specifically, I said, so when you, when all of you elders, when you go up into the mountains and you speak with the mountains, what are, what are you doing? What are you, how are you, how are you talking to the mountains? And so this is, um, this is what segues into this discussion today. The way he explained it to me, he says that we are all gifted people, that we have natural gifts with inside of ourselves because of our ancestral lineage. And so he points over kind of towards the left-hand side, and he says, these elders who live over here, and I said, yeah, he says, they have a gift. Their medicine is to be able to work with the plant nation, to work with all of the plants. And so their job is to go into our mountains when they can, when the snow melts, and, and they can travel the, the trails. And so what they do is they go and they talk to all of the newborn plants, all of the newborn trees, the little shrubs, the berry bushes, our medicine plants, all the newborn plants. And so they go and, and talk to all of those plants. And so I ask him, I said, so what do, they, what do they say to the plants? And he says, well, it's our job to instruct the plants what to do in our lands. And so we go up and we sing our songs and we talk to the plants and we say, okay, this is your job. This is what you do. Because they're like children, just like us. They're newborn. They're newborn plants. And so they need to be instructed, just like, just like we instruct, instruct you when you're small. And so we do the same thing with the, with the plants. And then he pointed kind of in front of us, and he says, these elders over here, that they have a very powerful gift, too. They have a gift of, of, of the animals. And so their job is they go into our mountains and they find all of the newborn animals, all of the newborn deer and the bear and the raccoons and, and so on and so forth, and even the birds. They go talk with the baby birds. And so they, they go up there and they talk to all of the animals in our lands and tell them what, what, what to do in our lands. And if they, if they take care of us, we'll take care of them. So what he was explaining to me was this relationship. And so then I, I sat there and I asked him, I said, so, so what do you do? And he says, oh, is it me and these elders over here? He said, we go up and we, we talk to the water. And I thought, whoa. I mm-hmm. said, so, so how, what, what waters do you talk to? And he said, well, we talk to the water babies. And so he said, when you look up in the mountains where two mountains are, are there and where the mountains join, that's where the water babies come together because of the snow melt. And so we go and we talk to these water babies because the water babies don't know where to go. 
And so we explain to the water babies that they need to they need to travel all the way back to the big mother for help. And at that time, I didn't understand what the big mother was. And now, you know, kind of going back, he was talking about the ocean. But at that time, I didn't know there was such a thing. So he says, the water babies come off of the mountains, and they have a long way to travel to get back to their mother. And he said, it's, it's our job, the, our, myself and these other elders, is to get the water as strong as we put, can possibly get, get it, because it has a long journey to go on. And a lot of things are going to try to drink of it. And so in my mind, I was kind of visualizing this, this strong little baby trying to get back to his mom. And then he says, downstream from us, down in the other canyons down there, there's other, there's other medicine people like us who can talk with the water, and they talk with the water to help it get down to its big mother. They give it more energy so it can, can go home. And so that was, a, that was a baseline of understanding about, about how we communicated with the lands. But the water, it kind of, it was very important that he... He told me that water is the most powerful medicine that we have on on this planet to use, and we have to take care of the water because whatever happens to the water will happen to us. And so he says, you never, ever put anything in the waters to weaken the water. He says, if you do this, if if you put something in the water and you harm the water or weaken it, then everything in your lands will start to become weak. And then if, and then he says, if everything in the lands becomes sick because we put things in the water to make it sick, then all of us will become sick. All the plants will become sick. All the animals will become sick. And all of us will become sick. And he says, you never, ever put anything in the waters to make it sick. And so I explain this baseline story with with everybody at this time, because I was taught that at a very, very, very young age, and not really understanding the depth of that conversation or that teaching, but it, it was still locked in my mind. So every time I seen water, I always looked at it as a water baby going back to its mother, whether it be, be a lake or a stream or a river or whatever. I said, oh, yeah, the, the water is going back to its mother. So along my journey, all those years, um, I had that knowledge, but I, I, I wasn't doing the work. Um, I was more interested in the fire. And uh, like I mentioned before earlier, so, yeah, they trained me how to, how to work with the fire, swirl it in my hand, you know, how to, how to, how to um, play with the fire, if you will. So anyway, um, as time went on, and uh, I was uh, working with a bear spirit one year, and um, I was giving some offerings and a ceremony for the bears. And so I was guided and directed to go to Lake Tahoe. And so I went up in the woods up there, and I was, I was right along the shoreline of Lake Tahoe, and I was, I was making my offerings, singing my songs, the bear songs, and asking help and blessings for the bears. And then um, all of a sudden there was this, this energetic field um, that kind of came out of the water, and I associated it with a grandmother spirit, but it was like a, like a water grandmother spirit that was coming out of the water. And so I addressed this, this energy, and, and I, was, I was honored because it was showing itself. And the, the, this grandmother spirit is almost like it, it, 
it came towards me, and it was asking me for help. And I was a little stunned by that because my understanding growing up is that the water was was the the female's work, the grandmother's work, or the woman's work to work with the waters. And so it kind of took me it took me back a little bit of why this grandmother, this water grandmother, was asking me for help. And so I opened up this channel and I said, "So what do you need help with, or what what?" You know why are you calling me to help you? I said, and uh, and she says because there's nobody else that knows how how to bring the women to the water. All of those grandmothers are gone, and so now let's fast forward in time. Okay, when I was young, when I was in five, six, seven years old, I was taught about the waters, but I never started working with the waters until way later on in years, and during the '60s. During the 60s, as many of these elders that, that taught me that information, they started to pass on. And so um, I think the last of the old, old-timers, I call them, the old elders, uh, there was a grandmother that passed away in 1971 who was born of that era of elders, that generation of elders. So now I'm out here uh, fast-forwarding up to 2004, and this grandmother starts talking, well, there's no elders that I can go talk about this with because they're all gone. So this grandmother spirit said, there's nobody left that knows how to bring the women back to the water. That's why I'm asking for your help. And I, and somehow I understood what she was asking me. And so I said, okay, so so how do I do this for you? I mean, what what do I do? And so she explained to me in detail that she would help me find the women that she needs to come to the water, and the water would be Lake Tahoe. And she says, what I need you also to do is I need you to bring crystals with you. And, and she says, I, I will show you where the crystals are. And so basically that, that turned my whole energy field around in that afternoon of going from the fire to going to water. And so now came a whole different journey with the waters. And um, so for about about four to five months, I was, um, I was um, overseen by this, this grandmother spirit, this water grandmother spirit, to go and select the women to come to Lake Tahoe and uh, for her to work with, basically. So I went around and did um, communication with different different ladies, and um, some of them native, some of them native ladies, and, and some of them non-native ladies, just at random. I, I just kind of said, yeah, the waters are calling you back. We need your help at Lake Tahoe. And um, so along the way, um, I had accumulated some, some clear quartz crystals, and uh so anyway, all of this time frame went by. The women were were uh, called in, and so we had a a gathering at Lake Tahoe. And the women showed up, and uh, I was there, and I said, "Okay, so I'm not really sure why this grandmother spirit has calling called you all here, but I know she's going to speak with you." And so we asked the grandmother spirit if she could come in and kind of kind of give us some direction. And um, 
So through that spirit, she says, what I need you to do is I need you to hand two crystals each to these women. Put them in one in, in each hand, the left hand and the right hand, and bring these women together in circle. And I need you to do a ceremony for them, but I also need you to explain to the women that during this ceremony, holding those crystals in their hand is to ask them to use their birthing gifts, their, their right to birth, and to use that energy of birthing to transfer that energy into these crystals in the ceremony. And I thought, whoa, can they do that? And uh, the grandmother nodded, yeah, the women know how to do that. So I explained to the women what this grandmother is asking them to do. And so they were all kind of, kind of, their eyes got bright. So I gave them all crystals, two crystals apiece. We did a ceremony, and, and during that ceremony, I just asked them, I don't know, you know, I don't, because I'm not a woman, I'm not sure how to, how to do that. But they seemed to understand how to do that. And so you could feel this energy, this birthing energy, if you will, or even like, like a pregnancy energy, I guess, if you want to call it something. And they were transferring that energy through their birth canals, that gift, um, and they were transferring that energy into these crystals. And so it was, a, it was a lengthy ceremony. And then once the crystals were infused by each of the women's birthing energies, then we asked the grandmother, we said, okay, so now that that's completed, what, what do you need us to do? next and she says what i need you to do is have the women bring those crystals to me and i said okay so i told the women i said well we need to go on the shoreline and then she says i need you to ask them to place these crystals their their water babies if you will water water baby crystals into my waters he says the waters need to be rebirthed and the women can do that through these crystals and I thought, whoa, this is crazy energy. So we had a ceremony for the women at the shoreline in Lake Tahoe, and each one of them started to have tears come down their eyes because they felt that compassion of birth, and they, they, it was almost as though they, were, they truly were integrated with, with rebirthing the waters of Lake Tahoe. I mean, it was a powerful, powerful ceremony. And so they had put their crystals into the water, and I'm not sure how to explain this, but it was almost like, like a lightning energy, a lightning kind of energy went into the waters uh, once each of the ladies were placing their crystals in the waters. And so there was some kind of a magical transformation happening that was very, um, uh, very powerful, but... Mm, not really knowing what was transpiring at that particular time. And so this is what started me off on the journey with the water, because the grandmother says, all of my waters need to have the woman, women come back and rebirth the waters. And so that's, um, that was the beginning stage or the beginning process of, of my introduction to working with the waters. Wow. Wow, wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's, that is a most interesting story. Okay. Um, I 
think we're going to skip this break and just go right on to our our water. So okay. the magic of water. Mm -hmm. Yes. So, and what are you doing with water today? Okay. Um, over the years, we um, we got into the energy of of water and uh, the crystals, obviously. And so as we continue to do these ceremonies and bringing the women to the water, we also knew that there was another element that we needed to introduce too, and then that was that, that masculine energy. So being guided by spirit, if you will, we went through a lot of different um, uh, energetic fields, if you will, to fine-tune what we are using today is what I call a medicine water wheel. And so it took many years to to come to to this um, this energy field we're working with in today's world. And so along the journey, what we found is that that we have an have an authority here on this planet to um, uh, to heal the planet. Um, and so I want to kind of introduce here along those journeys that we were we were doing ceremonies in we were recognizing that there was another grandfather, I'll call him a grandfather, that was also working with the waters. And this was a Japanese gentleman by the name of Dr. Um, Isaro Emoto. And so I had gotten information that this Japanese man, Dr. Emoto, was working with the waters, and he was literally explaining how we can communicate with water through words. And so during our first initial um, journeys, I started to read some of Dr. Emoto's research, and it was fascinating, fascinating research. And he um, basically explained through his, his, uh, his scientific research is that we can, just with thought forms, change or alter molecular structure in the waters. So, for example, if the waters are tainted, say like if, if there was oil in the water, we can talk to the water to expel that oil off of itself just through words. And it was, it was like amazing over-the-edge technology or, or science, if you will, that he stumbled upon. And so he also explained that every droplet of water that we have on the planet, every, every water molecule when you freeze it and you look at it underneath a microscope, it has six points to it with a center point. And in our modalities, if you will, our, our ceremonies, we would call that a seven-pointed star energy field. So there's six, six lines or six points around a center point. So we would call that a seven-pointed star. And so Dr. Emoto was, was showing us scientifically that water does change when we give it a vibrational frequency or even a thought or a ceremony. And so then it dawned on me is what we're doing, what the women are doing with the birthing energy and that thought process that they go through to do all of that, they are literally rebirthing the actual DNA structure of water. It was like, whoa. I guess so. Whoa was right. <laughs> And so um, I started introducing some of Dr. Emoto's work in, in the way we were doing ceremonies. And then, then he came up with a suggestion that we, we just write out, you know, on a piece of paper, love and gratitude. 
and we just tape it to a to a bottle of water. And he says, just by doing that, just by thinking that, just love and gratitude, taping it so the water can see it, it will magnify the energy of that water almost a hundredfold. And so again, he's proven all of all of this in in his scientific research and in his ceremonies too. But what we what we did find out with Dr. Emoto's tech techniques, if you will, is that he could go into a, to a water-based environment, like a pond or a lake, for example, that's polluted. And um, he could sustain the energy and clear out the pollutions through, through his prayers and his ceremony, and the water would clear, the water would dispel any contaminants um, that was interacting with it, for a period of time, and so as I was listening or following his his uh, practices out there, he would go into a polluted waterway, do his ceremony there, collect the waters before, during, and after the ceremony, and put it through a microscope and look at the transformation that happened. Well, this was this was amazing to me because it, again, I I wasn't really sure you know what was transforming in the water. Um, we just we just knew something was happening, but he truth, he proved it scientifically that yeah we are definitely changing the molecular structure. But what I found out too, working with crystalline energy, is that when we put the crystals in the waters with full intention of rebirthing, as long as those crystals are in the water, it will continue to do that 24/7. What Dr. Emoto was doing is that he was introducing in a time frame, prayers, but uh, over a period of time. So like if he went into a, to a, a polluted pond, he can go there, do a ceremony with the people, and the waters would start to clear, it, the energy become purified, but it wasn't sustainable. And so what I mean by that is when he left that area and moved on, that several weeks or maybe even several months after he had done the ceremony, it would return back to the state that he found it in. And so when we were working with the energies, is that with the crystalline energy, it just kept that energy operating 24-7. And so we, I was really wanting to try to introduce what we were doing to Dr. Emoto. And, and uh, 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 I had worked with Dr. Emoto up in, uh, in Seattle uh, in the Olympia area one year. Um, we interacted just for a little bit, and so he, he was up in the Seattle area in the Puget Sound. I was down in the Olympia region, and so we were doing this clearing energy for the Puget Sound. And um, then again, years later, we met over in Hawaii on the Big Island, and that was uh, just a few years back uh, when he announced his retirement. And then, and then we lost him, you know, not shortly after that. So he. Um, he broke open uh, the doorway to the science and the and the the absolutes of what water is um, and how powerful uh, thought forms can be to clear clear the energy of the water. So as I went along, kind to kind of massaging, if you will, um, the the energy fields or the ceremony is that we we found that if we put a um, a a symbol 
that that identifies a droplet of water, a seven-pointed star symbol. If we put it on the ground and we introduce crystals to it, then that the, that crystalline energy would transfer over into the clearing of the waters. And so it, it took several years to come up with a design, a, a sacred geometry design to fulfill this need. And so we created... Uh, we created a mandala that we use now, and and uh, we use that 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 mandala, that energy on the Mother Earth herself, and so they can be any size. They can be uh, a ten foot diameter to I think the largest one I've done so far was like a three hundred foot diameter medicine water wheel. And uh, I just want to interject right here now to the audience: um, we have designs that. Uh, that are available online through our website, keepthewatersflowing.com. You can see the design there. So anyway, um, as we continue to use the design on the Mother Earth, we dig holes in the Mother Earth at seven different uh, points, six points around and one in the center. And then we hand the people the crystals, and we ask them to use their energies to to transfer the energy into the crystals, and then we ask the individuals to put those crystals into the Mother Earth. And then we can use that energy to to help purify our waters. And so it, it's sustainable energy. As long as that water wheel is operational and nobody's destroyed it or a bulldozer hasn't pushed it over or whatever, whatever energy we have in that particular medicine water wheel, it stays there 24-7. And so our intentions are for the purification and the amplification of the waters so that the waters can be strong again and so that the healing process would, would begin its, its, uh, its journey. Um, that's what we do. And so, All right. Um, so that is impressive. Mm-hmm. And so my journey out here is to try to find more people who are... Um, just naturally acclimated to this kind of work. And so I, I teach them what I've been taught in kind of like a practitioner's level. I take them through a very intensive um, teaching to, uh, to really answer all the questions they have about energy, how do they use this, you know, what can we do with it. And so once we complete a water wheel, and it can be anywhere, it could be in your house, it could be as simple on a in your house. We, we have these mandalas for sale on the website. You can put the mandala in your house and put crystals on top of that mandala and automatically you are helping purify the waters in your home. It works that fast. Wow. And okay. We're, we are going to run out of time if we're not careful here today. Okay. <laughs> so what is it that is there any message that you want to give our listeners today that you haven't given them? Okay. Well, the journey in um, that we're on with the with the journey of water is that we're we're looking forward to having 172,000 of these medicine water wheels placed around the planet, around the globe, and there's no no actual time frame on it. Um, uh, we just threw out a goal by the end of 2016 to have 172,000 of these water wheels up and running. Um, the significance of that is that we need people using their heart alchemy or their their prayers, if you will, to help 
energize the waters. And so um, I had just done a, a series um, of presentations with Houston Community College here, this, the same information. And so what I'm asking for in an individual's help is just, just to even think about water gives energy uh, to us, the practitioners that are in the field doing this kind of work. And so we can all contribute to the healing of the waters just through a thought form like Dr. Emoto had taught us. And so what I'm, what I'm doing a series of events for is just to educate people how powerful water is that each one of us can contribute to the healing of the water and the amplification of the water. So the audience that's listening out there right now is I really encourage you to just think about water every day. Give it some kind of a thought of healing. And just by you thinking that, we will accomplish the 172,000 medicine water wheels around the globe. All righty. Okay, uh, I really have found this an interesting conversation today. And where can people reach you if they want to get involved? Okay, um, the website has has a has a two twofold um, information site. Keepthewatersflowing.com is the website where I post a lot of information at. And if you want to uh, connect with me directly to learn even more about the water wheel ceremonies, it's keepthewatersflowing at gmail.com. And I'm also on Facebook underneath my government name, Marshall Jack. (laughs) (laughs) So I do a lot of posting on Facebook of of the events that I'm doing, where I'm at. Uh, I'm currently here in Texas, in Houston, and I'll be here in the, in the Houston, Austin, San Antonio area for um, an indefinite amount of time. So I'm, I'm here to help the people understand how we can uh, help the waters here in Texas. I, I like that very, very much. All righty. Okay. Uh, Golden Eagle, thank you so much for being on our show today. And it's, it's been a real treat. Well, thank you for this opportunity, and it's an honor to uh, to be able to share this information with the people. Because we we can make a change, and it's not that we can, but we need to make the change. Absolutely, yes. Water is is powerful, and it's it's so important to us as individuals and to our planet too. Exactly. That's that's right. All righty. Okay. I will say goodbye for now and take care of yourself and our listeners out there. Um, Have a good Thanksgiving and be kind to each other. And we'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening today. Transformational Healing with Dr. Bonnie Morrow is broadcast live every Thursday at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have a healthy week.